What is up, Exchange? Oh my gosh, look at you guys. You guys look amazing. I got to look everywhere to find you, but you look amazing. So uh, you can, listen, here, here's, here's the deal. I'm just going to put it out there right from the start. I like people who talk back to me when I speak on stage. Are you okay with that? I don't care what it, you can, you can, don't curse because we're in church. So that, throw something at me. I don't care. Just, just talk back to me, ask questions. So we're going to have a good time tonight. I'm so pumped. Thank you to your pastors. You guys have such awesome leaders here. Pastor Hal, Pastor Christy, Chrissy, I'm sorry. And, and, and listen, I'm nowhere near as cool as Pastor Hal, and I'm nowhere near as good looking as Mark, but I'm going to do my best, all right? So yeah, y'all are in such good hands here in the exchange. Do you, you believe that? you believe you got great? Come on. Come on, help me out, son. Help me out. We're only getting started, so all right? So none of this golf clap stuff. You got to commit. Commit to it. I need to feel it, all right? And it's a privilege for me to kick off this series. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, it, you may have seen me running around Christmas dressed like a freaking elf. That's not the real me, all right? So I am born and raised in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Yay, I got two fans. All right, right. Any other Latin people, Latinos out there? Watch, watch, watch this. Where's the Colombians at? Venezuelans? You see what's going on? It gets worse. Where, where, where are my Boricuas at? You thought so. And Cubans, I know. I know. Jeez. You know Americans up in, the, in this piece? All right. All right. We showed up tonight. So I was born in Argentina. My parents were missionaries, much like my nephew, whom you know and love, Michael Todd sitting over here. And so uh, I bounced around a lot of different places growing up and, and uh, lived in a lot of different places. About two decades ago, 18 years ago almost, I landed in South Florida, MIA, 305. All right, okay. And I met my beautiful wife there. She's sitting on the front row over here, Jennifer. She is, half, listen, half Puerto Rican and half Southern. And we all messed up. All right, and uh, we've been married for almost 17 years. I have three gorgeous little girls, and, um, and that's enough, and I'm good. And I've been at Grace for uh, eight months, almost eight months, nine months now. So, man, it is such a privilege and an honor to be in a place where, where uh, the passion and the vision just, just launches forward. And it, this, is, this is the right place for you to be. Let me tell you, if you have a heart, if you want to connect with people, real people in a deep way, man, you're in the right place. And so I'm very excited. And I want to jump right into the book of James. So James is one of my favorite books in the Bible. However, James is, is one of my least favorite books to kind of preach on. And here's why. I'll tell you why. Because James is one of those guys, and I'll tell you about James in a second, who doesn't hold back. You know that friend that you have that just will tell it like it is, that will say what he needs to say, but you don't like what he has to say. Anybody got those friends? Those are good friends, let me tell you right now. They're looking out for you. James is kind of that guy, all right? Now, James was the half-brother of Jesus. That's right. And here's the weird part. James did not become a believer or a Christ follower until after the resurrection. Like, it took him a minute for his half-brother to convince him that he was God, right? Because what would your brother have to do to convince you that he's deity? <laughs> Think about it, right? Yo, brother, let's see, let's see that bottle of water over there? Watch this. <laughs> Wine. 
I'll be doing that all day. That's why I'm not Jesus, right? <clears throat> so Jesus, his entire ministry had his disciples. And James was like, watch him. He's like, I just, I'm, I'm still, all the miracles. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Until what? What do you have to do to convince your brother? Well, you have to die a gruesome death, get up from the grave, and then have some fish with your family. All right? James is like, I'm in. What am I going to do? I'm in. After that, the Bible tells us that he was one of the pillars of the early church. That was James, half-brother of Jesus and the author of this book. This book, uh, some argue, was the very first book written in the New Testament, chronologically speaking. Around the mid-40s, not 19, not in 17... 40s, like just 40s, right? A.D., first century church. This was James. And James puts it out there like nobody's business. So he writes this letter to a group of Christians who scattered all over the place for persecution. People were putting them to death and, 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 and oppressing the Christians of the early church. And so they started going out everywhere. And James is writing this letter to these little pockets of Christians that are hiding out everywhere to encourage them, to teach them, to tell them like it is. And so that's what this book is all about. James is about putting your faith to work. And then also outlining the fact that work without faith is dead. And so <clears throat> you can't put, pick a better book to do a study on. It is absolutely amazing. Here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. While you guys navigate the book of James for the next few weeks, I would go ahead and read through it. It's not very long. Uh, and it's so awesome. It's so awesome. You will get so much out of this small little book. So I'm going to start, and, and, I, and I asked Pastor, I said, where do you want me to start? He says, well, just go for it, man. I was like, well, you could be here for a while. So I'm just going to do a few verses. Was that, is that cool? Just a few verses. We'll dive in, and then we'll, we'll see what James has for us. If you got your tablet, your phone, your paper Bible, whatever you got, turn to the book of James chapter 1. Chapter 1, let's start reading. It says, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking Anything. Let me pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. <clears throat> thank you for this group of amazing young adults, God, that is here because they want to be here when they could be anywhere else. God, I pray that you would just supernaturally speak into their lives. Whatever they have going on tonight, that you would just kind of just reach in and touch their lives, touch their hearts. May they deal whatever they have right here, right now, give their lives to you. Open their hearts and their minds to receive your word. For it's in your name we pray, amen. Excuse me for a second while I uh, take care of business. Sorry. Thank you, whoever that was. I wasn't looking because I was praying. So let me know if I'm getting close to kicking that. How many of you guys would you say, there's two types of people. How many of you would you say, you're the type of people who like surprises. All right, no, come on, come on, show hands. Let me see you. All right, you're telling me that basically 50% of you don't like surprises? I'm talking good surprises. I'm talking good surprises, like a gift or something awesome. Somebody does not like those kind of surprises? 
Put your hand up because we're going we're gonna to have to deal with you later. All right, all right. <clears throat> Put your hands down. So real quick, and I want, I want you to talk back to me. What is the best surprise you ever got? Real quick, real quick. Best surprise. Somebody tell me something. Food. Where you at? Where you at? Raise your, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Right there. Are you in a relationship? Guys, she is easy to please. She's right here. Somebody ask this girl to social night next week. Taken care of right here. Got it. Food. Anybody else? Candy? Money. All right. That's generic. But all right. How about some specific? A proposal. A proposal. That's a good surprise. Which, by the way, where, 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 are, my, where are my people? Caroline, where are y'all at? Oh, look. Uh, yes, right there. Show it off, girl. Show it off. There's the bling. Congratulations, you guys. I can remember so many good surprises. I love getting good surprises, don't you? Oh, my gosh. I was five years old in Christmas morning, and I woke up, and you guys don't know anything about this, and you have to go home and Google it. It's Johnny West. Don't even worry. Don't even think of it. You have no idea what it is. It's these little action figures about this size that were so awesome, and my older brother gave me a whole set of them, and it was one of the best Christmas presents I've ever gotten, right? And, and so time after time, we remember these mark our life, these surprises, these good surprises mark our life. But those aren't the only surprises that we get, right? There's also bad surprises, isn't there? You ever gotten a bad surprise? Yeah. Oh, man. L listen, I'm going to tell you a quick story. I've never told anybody this before, so y'all keep it a secret. I was back in my single days. I uh, had just come out of a bad breakup. And, uh, and, and so I was dealing with some stuff. I just didn't get away, and I was talking to some guys. You guys, they told me that, that I needed to go down to the beach. I was living in Atlanta at the time. The closest beach was on Savannah. So I, I got in my, in my car, and I drove down till the road ended, and there was the beach, and I was just, like, trying to, you know, get along with God and, and get away and hear my thoughts. And, and, uh, and the day before, I was there a whole night, and the day before I got in my car to come back, I said, well, I'm just going to go down and get in the water a little bit and just chill. And I kid you not, I'm not making this up. There was no one on the beach, not a soul. So I'm not like, this is, this is where it's at. I got to put my stuff down. I go out in the water, maybe 50 yards or so, just kind of chilling there and just hanging out. And all of a sudden, I look up like this, and I see coming around the sand dune this young, blonde girl, sunglasses, bikini, chair she's walking straight there's no one else on the beach i mean as far as you can see and this girl i promise this is uh, not r-rated but uh, she comes straight out and puts her chair down right in front of me empty beach right in front of me and i'm going god <laughs> maybe i mean like all right he answers prayer i <laughs> don't and this girl puts her stuff down and, uh, like a movie, walks straight into the water. And I can't really make out. And she's walking straight. I'm going, what is happening right now? This can't be real. And she dives in the water. If I'm lying, if I'm, if I'm, lying, I'm dying. I kid you not, I'm not making this up. She dives in the water, straight coming towards me, and comes out of the water. And I go, <gasps> She was absolutely busted. Oh. 
Like, you know those moments. Listen, and I, I, like I said, y'all don't tell anybody, but I'm a pastor, so I'm making trouble. For, but I'm not even going to tell you what I was thinking at the time. I was thinking Jesus and the holy angels and my God. Whatever. I didn't thank you, Lord. I mean, come on. I'm by myself. I need some healing. And, oh, Lord, no, what's going on? Nope. Nope. All of a sudden, what I thought was a good surprise was a bad surprise. And it was a bad moment uh, for me. And if I told, I'll have to, we'll have to come back and I'll finish the story because it is something for the, for the books, I tell you what. And I had to do my, there's no one else on the beach. And she came to talk to, it was just weird. And um, I swam down and went around and got away from there. But listen, no one likes bad surprises, do we? No one. And here in James, he kind of hits us right off the bat with this. He says, listen, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, count it pure joy when what? You, are, you face trials of many kinds. Now, interesting, he doesn't beat around the bush. He says, he doesn't, he doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't say, listen, guys, if, if you, you know, face some hard times, if it's just like, y'all, when? Everybody say when. Uh, say it like, turn to the person next to you. Say, tell them when, not if. When you face trials of many kinds. When you face trials. He puts it out there. Guys, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You are going to face trials. That's the way it is. That's the world we live in. You guys are Jesus followers. I know you've been oppressed. You've been persecuted. You're hiding out for your lives. And I'm going to tell you, you are going to face hard times. You don't see that on a coffee mug, do you, in a Christian bookstore. Y'all come to Jesus. It's going to be crazy. Y'all going to face some tough times. But that's it. He doesn't beat around the bush. He's that friend that lays it out there. He says, when... You are facing trials. That word face, literally from the, from the Hebrew, it's translated also to be surprised by. To be surprised by. When you are surprised by a crisis, and that seems like that's all of us, right? If you're not in one right now, one's coming, or you just came out of one, but it's, right? That just seems like that's the way it is, isn't it? You're either out of out of one or coming into one or in the one right now. And some of you, I'm not trying to minimize the trial that you may be going through. Some of you are hurting right now. For some of you, your world is falling apart and you don't know what to do. And, and here's what we'll do. Here's what we do sometimes. We like to romanticize Christianity so much. And, and we try to sell it even to ourselves going, well, I, I follow Jesus. I'm a Christ follower. Why aren't things working out for me? Really? Like, who told you that was the thing, right? That's not a, Read the scriptures, right? And I, I'm not, listen, I hate to be the one to have to tell you all this because then somebody's going to come next week and, 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 and uh, preach all happy and, and good and, and I'm going to look terrible. But listen, listen to what I'm telling you. Life happens to everybody, including Christ followers, especially Christ followers. That's not even James's point. Not to encourage them saying, if, no, it's like, listen, it's coming. It's coming. And when you do, when you are surprised by these hard times, 
I want you to count it pure joy. Now, now, do me a favor. Think back in your recent history, in your life, the last time you felt pure joy. I'm not even going to ask you what that is, but pure joy. You got it? You got it? All right, now, now put that together with the worst crisis you've ever been to. Mm-mm. It doesn't add up, does it? Like, how can you get this out of that? How can you experience that pure joy out of a trial, out of crisis, out of tragedy, out of loss, out of hurt? It doesn't make sense. And you'd be right. It absolutely doesn't make sense. Except that. Who he's speaking to is not just anybody. Who he's speaking to are people who have decided to follow the risen Savior, who put their complete faith and trust in Jesus and what he said. Their faith is genuine, and that makes all the difference for them. So here's what I want to give you. If you've got something to write down, uh, steal a pen from the chair in front of you or borrow one uh, from Pastor Hal over here. Um, I want to give you three lessons from trials real quick. Three lessons from trials. You ready? Say yeah. Number one, trials reveal how the world really is. Trials reveal how the world really is. And if you've been alive more than 30 minutes, you may understand. Guess what? Life is hard for everybody. No one is exempt from hurt. How many of you have already experienced that in your life? No one gets out without a scratch. We are all in it. We all live in this broken world, and not one single person is exempt from crisis, from tragedy, from hurt, from loss. Every single one of us is going to face that. All of us. Trials reveal, guess what? This is what the world really is. And, and, and we believe this everywhere else in our life. But when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to our faith, somehow we want to convince ourselves that because we made a pact, we said a word, we said a prayer, I came down and shook the pastor's hand, that God's going to like me more and things are going to go better for me. Well, I'm saying right now, there's nothing you can do to make God like you any less, first of all. But trials are coming. Trials are coming. And it makes all the difference when we go into this knowing that trials are coming. It's like going into a fight knowing you're going to get into a fight. It makes a difference, right, than being surprised by a fight. If you go up knowing, knowing you're going to throw fists, then you can prepare a little bit better, can't you? Rather than being surprised and being shocked every time that something bad happens, I'm going, oh, my God, why me? But we do that, don't we? And, and myself included. It's not fair. I'm learning all about it's not fair with my daughters. You, uh, it's not fair. Like, where in the world? Like, I did not teach. Is your mom teaching you this while I'm away? Because, like, I never said anything was fair. Life isn't fair. It just isn't. And trials are coming. Trials reveal the real world. Not when, but if. You may not like it. You may not think it's fair. You may not think you deserve it. But it's coming. Number two, trials reveal who you really are. 
Trials reveal who you really are. The real you comes out when everything falls apart. Have you ever noticed that? Mm-hmm. Like, you want to see how somebody is, like, for real, then, then, then watch them when all hell breaks loose. And the real person comes out. Guess what? It reveals what you say you believe. It exposes what you say you believe. It exposes what you actually believe. And it exposes what you pretend to believe. It all comes out when we smack right into that trial. The real you will show up and gets exposed. Trials reveal who you, what you're really made of. And, and, and let me, for just a second, let's extract scripture out of this for a second. Let's walk out of the doors of the church. Everyone in the world believes this outside of the Bible. And so do you. Some of the greatest stories you've ever heard are about people who found out who they really were. How? In hard times. Right? Trials reveal who you really are. It says, verse 3, the testing of your faith. What is the testing? It's that process of proving the genuineness of something. That's what testing means. It's the same thing they do to gold to see how pure it is. It's the same thing you do to all these things. Put it under pressure to see how long, it, how strong it is, how long it'll last. It's testing. It's seeing what you're made of. Trials expose what you're made of. What are you made of? What do you got in you? Nothing will bring that out like a good trial. And I don't mean that lightly. Once again, I'm just trying to put it out there so we understand, listen, trials are coming. And when you face that and you fly into it head on, you're going to find out what you're really made of, what's really inside, what you really believe. Trials reveal the authenticity of your trust in God. When you're, surpri when you're surprised by trial, you, you discover some things. You discover some things about you. You discover, uh, uh, well, one, you discover who your friends really are, right? And you discover how deep you really go in your relationship with Jesus. And unfortunately, I I've known so many people over the years who have claimed a big faith. They claimed, they claimed to have it all together. They claimed their faith is huge, and then when... When rubber meets the road, they're out because God didn't let them off the hook like they thought they should. God, God didn't, you know, let, uh, set them free like they thought he, he should have. They felt it was unfair. Trials reveal your faith, your authenticity, the genuineness of your trust in God are revealed. What do you believe? What do you really, really believe trials make us stronger because they exercise our faith it's like a muscle how many of you guys work out raise your hand yeah I believe about half of you no no so you, you look like you work out except for a couple people I'm just like uh, really but I don't I don't know I encourage you don't stop yeah I wish I listen I would don't don't feel bad I, I don't work out. And I'm so embarrassed to say that. And I'm, I know, I know you're shocked. Like, you just tuned me out. I can't hear, can't hear me preach anymore. But listen, when you're working out, what do you think builds muscle? 
the ripping and the tearing of, of, of your muscles itself, right? That's why you're sore after you, after you pump iron like I do, like, like Mark over here. Your muscles would never get stronger or bigger if you didn't work them, if you didn't stretch them, if you didn't exercise them. That applies to everything in life. It's the pressure, it's the friction that makes it grow. Number three, trials reveal who God really is. And here's where it gets good, because yeah, yeah, the reality is we all live in the world, trials coming for all of us. All of us are going to face it, and, and we're going to show our true colors when that happens. When everything falls apart, the real me is going to shine. But guess what? That's not the only thing that happens in trial. God shows up in a trial. And you will find out who your heavenly father truly is, is in the eye of the storm. When things can't get any worse, when you feel that all is lost, when you feel you, are, you can't do anything to save your situation, when all you want to do is curl up and die, God is there. And the real God that maybe you've never experienced before, you have experienced him in such a powerful way because of that trial. God reveals himself like never before in your life when things go downhill. In a crisis, in a tragedy, in the loss of a loved one, these are, no one wants to go through this. No one wants to face those things. But guess what? When you do, and your faith is tested, and the genuineness of your trust in your heavenly Father is revealed, you will see God in a way you've never seen him before. And your faith will move forward. Your faith gets stretched, and it grows. In that moment, nothing grows your faith like trials. It reveals who God really is. And then he talks about joy. Count it pure joy. Listen, there's something very joyful. There's, there's, there's just this joy that happens that you feel that you discover when you truly know who you are and you truly know who God is. There's joy in that. You can find joy in, in the trial when you discover who you are before God and who God is. And when you see that God has always been in control of everything and you've never been in control, you can take joy in that. And you can take joy in the fact that your heavenly Father's not only in the storm with you, he's on the other side of the storm. He's already been where you're going. He knows what you're going through and he loves everything every part of you personally, intimately, every hurt, every tear that you cry in private that no one, no one else sees. God is there. And you will feel him and discover him like never before in those trials. And so then it goes on in verse 3. It says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces Perseverance. Everybody say perseverance. Perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Perseverance. I'm going to stick for, for a second here. Perseverance. 
Can you define perseverance? If I ask you, what does perseverance mean? I'm not going to, you don't have to raise your hand. I'm going to tell you right away. Continued effort, I looked it up. I didn't, I didn't just know. Continued effort to achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. That's perseverance. Continued effort to achieve something despite difficulties, despite failure, and despite opposition. You're like, well, duh, I know what that is. Yes, but why is it that none of us want to persevere when it comes to hard times? Why is it that so few people persevere? And, and once again, if you take scripture out of this, you believe this already. You know this stuff. I'm not telling you anything you don't already believe in your soul. You don't believe me? Watch, I'll prove it to you. Some of your favorite movies, you love them, why? Perseverance. It's a story of perseverance. Think about it. You can give me, okay, all right, all right, we gotta, we gotta dive in a second. Favorite movies, let's see them. Star Wars, perseverance at its best. Come on, anybody else? Braveheart, oh please. They wrote the book on perseverance, come on. Endgame, perseverance. You see where I'm going with this? Every love Every, every rom-com that you've ever loved, perseverance. Not only movies, music, songs that you love. Every, listen, every love song that you have, perseverance. It's a story of perseverance. Every book that you've ever, uh, come on. That's what, we love this stuff. We admire those people. They inspire us. We wish we could be like that, don't we? We all do it. We all do it. We all want to tell a story of perseverance. But it's a lot harder, isn't it, when it's our turn. When we get, we get a chance up at bat and we have to face that trial in the face, it's not as easy as the movie or the song or the book. How in the world did the Bugs win the freaking Super Bowl? Say it. Perseverance. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Go Bucks. You guys know this. This is nothing new. Perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. What is James saying? Don't give up. Don't give up. Stick with it. Hang in there. Don't quit. Cue journey in the background. Don't stop believing. Perseverance. Stick with it. Hang in there. Don't give up. You're like, oh, Pastor Ryan, like, I, I don't know how I can make it tomorrow. Don't think about tomorrow. Trust God for today. And God will show up in your today. And guess what? He'll do it again tomorrow. So I don't know if I can make it till tonight. Then give him this hour and watch what he does. Guess what he'll do? He will carry you and he will reveal himself to you in that moment, in this moment, more powerfully than you've ever seen him before. And sometimes it is a minute-to-minute -minute thing. Sometimes the hurt is so bad that you don't know what to do and you have to trust him. But when you do, but when you do, you discover who you are and you discover who he is. Hang in there. Persevere. Persevere. Why? Why? And I'll close with this. 
so that you may become mature and complete, not lacking anything. James is telling these people, despite the horrific things that you're suffering, God has a purpose for you. Yes, in the trial, through the trial, because of the trial, God uses it for his purpose. God has a plan for you. You mean it's God's will that I struggle? Listen, God's will is for you to trust him in every way so that you can experience who he truly is. In this broken world, we all feel pain, we all face pain, and God never wastes your hurt. God will never waste your pain. There is always a purpose for your pain if you will trust God in the trial so that you may be complete. Guess what? God's plan and purpose for your life is way bigger than your own. Did you know that? Whatever think, whatever you think, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what I want to be. This is what I want to do. God's plans are bigger than that. You got to trust him. You got to trust him. Stop thinking about what you want to do and start considering who you want to be. And God will show up. God will never waste a good hurt in your life. If that's where you are today, that's where, if that's you in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the storm, you showed up here tonight because you didn't know where else to go, then this is your moment. This is your moment that James is talking about. He's speaking to you. Whenever you face trials, count up your joy. Why? Because trials reveal who you are and they will reveal who God is. And you can trust him in the trial. You can give it to him. And you persevere because his plans are bigger than your plans. You didn't choose it, but God will use it for your good and for his glory. Let me pray for you tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you so, so much for the life of James, that despite everything, despite holding out so long to believe in you as his Savior, God, the truth and the practical wisdom that, that you leave to us through him is Incredible, God, that we may trust you in the middle of the trial. And wherever we are tonight, God, would you just reach down? And I feel like you just need to comfort somebody tonight. You need to hold them close. You need to surround them with your peace. Someone here tonight, God, needs, needs you to show up in their life in a powerful way. I pray that they would take that step of trust, of faith in their trial so that you can deliver and they can discover your joy in this moment. God, I pray that you would just work in our lives. For it's in your holy name we pray. Amen.